it's kind of, I think, the new thing that will be coming in, I would say, next two, three years, that every good, solid e-commerce business should have their own community there. Because yeah. it's so much more than just email marketing. And this is what, you know, I think drives a lot of our omnichannel differentiating factor that we are able to combine different channels and synchronize them towards one metric, which is store level ROAS. We don't care, you know, how Facebook ads is performing. The more you spend on ads on Facebook, the more people actually Google for brand and Google for similar keywords. It's yeah. very important to have a Google ads set up there. And whenever we are scaling apps on Facebook side, we are seeing that it's very easy to scale up AdWords side. It's so easy to get ROAS anywhere between 8 to 20 there that it's, you know, <laughs> even a kid could do. You, what you do is literally set up 180-day website visitors audience and run a video ad, you know, just, you know, talking about your brand. That's all you need. On this episode, you're going to learn about omni-channel growth funnels. It's a great episode you don't want to miss, so do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. And Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear first-hand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host, Kune Campbell. And this interview you're about to listen to is an interview I had with Darius Kunza, who's a co-founder of a performance marketing agency called Ad Kings. Now, Ad Kings started out as a Facebook advertising agency, exclusively Facebook, about two or three years ago. And what they have morphed to is more an agency that builds out omni-channel funnel funnels, essentially. Now, these funnels are multi-channel and they layer in towards what he says um, to deliver like a blended ROAS, like a, which really is a marketing efficiency ratio, um, which is really what is the return of all of the advertising spend um, to sales? What's the impact on advertising on sales? So what his agency does is they work with promising e-commerce businesses and they um, essentially go on a trial with them. And if the trial goes well, 
they then take over their entire marketing as if they're like an outsourced CMO, essentially, and then they scale it with a combination of channels. They initially probably start with Facebook with one single channel and, and then they, they start to layer in other channels. Um, and then they control also email marketing and, and they, they essentially control all of the acquisition and retention efforts in a bid to deliver a high blended ROAS. That, that is the ethos. So we talk a, a lot about Facebook advertising um, about Snap, about YouTube advertising, how to get everything in tandem. Now, one thing I noticed with Darius, which is very, very interesting, is his two things actually was one was the fact that he, as much as he knows the tactics, um, he does not like to dwell on the tactics because tactics tactics do change. If I was having this conversation with him two years ago, um, the tactics that we would have talked about will change today. So he talked about like account simplicity, but didn't go to, I kept on pushing on, you know, what is account simplicity? He gave me the details, but also made me grounded and aware that, look, these things change, but here are the principles that, you know, stand strong regardless. The other thing I noticed was also like um, his need for, just not being fearful, you know, like with this iOS updates that's about to, to, to get hold, you know, talking about like emotions and treating it like the stock market where, you know, while everybody is in fear, that is the time to move in for opportunity. And that was a really, really interesting point he made. And I think we, we need to adopt that, that while the industry panics, um, as much as, you know, there's money involved, we need to become, um, considerate and, you know, um, and, and just be able to react, you know, um, with the data we have to hand. Very difficult to say if like, you know, you're, you're just seeing money burning and um, you're managing, you know, you're, you're, you're in charge of, you know, a, a, a lot of funds and, you know, the, 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 the health of a business actually relies on, on your hands. So very difficult, but it, it is also a point to, to note, not to panic, over panic. Um, yeah. So we, we talk, Google ads, YouTube ads, um, percentage breakdowns, how to build out funnels. There were some clever funnels he shared with us, um, some based on advertorials, some based on landing pages, some, some based on tutorials. There were some really, really clever, um, you know, funnels he, he, we talked about. We, we talked about um, how, you know, they built out a, a cosmetic brand from, you know, 500K to 26, you know, million, you know, dollars in revenue. Um, there were some really good case studies here. And just looking at the the way going on their website, the way they present themselves, um, and just my interactions with him on on LinkedIn and Facebook have just been been class, you know, A class. Um, so so enjoy the episode if you want to get a grip on performance mark multi-channel or omni channel, you know, performance marketing essentially, and um you you want to sort of plan ahead. Um, or beyond the the this whole iOS um, you know fiasco. Um, for those who who don't know, um, obviously um, Apple is clamping down on on apps and the way apps you know you know take your data. And we we think about a world beyond you know all of that. And um, he is contrary to to he's a contrarian because um, you know he he thinks that things will settle down eventually and almost back to a new normal, but we'll all survive because the fundamentals remain the same. 
So enjoy this conversation. Enjoy this episode. Um, I'm sure you're going to have fun listening to this one and um, I shall catch you on the other side. Peace. The 2X e-commerce podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get going faster. That is why it's trusted by over 50,000 e-commerce brands like Brooklinen, Non, and Chubbies. Build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit clavio.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com forward slash 2x. ShipBob is the global fulfillment leader for e-commerce brands like you. They've actually just launched their first UK fulfillment center, which is quite close to me here in London. This gives ShipBob's clients access to e-commerce markets in the US, Canada, and now Europe. ShipBob offers direct integration to merchants running on Shopify, Wix, BigCommerce, WooCommerce, Amazon, eBay, and Walmart. This quote from their site, from Courtney Lee, the founder of Primo Coffee, really stood out for me. She said, I felt like I couldn't grow until I moved to ShipBob. And my CPA accountant even said to me, thank God you switched to ShipBob. I mean, who gets compliments from their accountant? Fulfillment is incredibly time intensive, so hand it over to the best of the best for fast and affordable shipping. To get $500 in free shipping credits today, head over to shipbob.com forward slash 2x. That is S-H-I-P-B-O-B.com forward slash 2x. e-commerce podcast dedicated to rapid growth in direct-to-consumer selling. Now, if you work in marketing at an e-commerce business or a founder, I'm going to help you sell more directly to your customers. And the way we do this is I interview an expert, a founder at a direct-to-consumer e-commerce business or a representative from a best-in-class e-commerce SaaS platform or, you know, software to, to come in and, you know, just spill the beans, you know, spill the beans on growth on actionable, referenceable growth, they have witnessed or they see on a regular basis to share with us. And, you know, we don't, you know, spare anything. We, we ask and go deep in every single conversation. So if you're looking to, 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 to grow metrics such as, you know, conversions, average order value, repeat customers, your audience size, and ultimately sales, you are, you know, tuned in to the right show. So if you're on your run now, um, you're in your car, you're taking a walk, um, just just stay here, okay? Just stay here. Now, speaking of which, on today's episode, um, I have with me Darius Kunza, who is a co-founder of a of of a Facebook, it's not just a Facebook, it's a performance marketing agency called Ad Kings. And they essentially I think the the major thing they have though the major accolade they have to their to on, on their belt is them scaling a business which we're going to talk about from five hundred thousand you know dollars a year to twenty six million dollars a, a year in just twelve months. So he likes to call um, Ad Kings a boutique, 
e-commerce, you know, um, agency, you know, e-commerce growth agency that builds out funnels or many channel rather, you know, agency with Facebook leading and other channels supporting. Um, but, but I, I like to think that, you know, um, they have quite a lot of authority because um, when I hang out on LinkedIn, you know, I, and, and I see a post from, 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 from Darius or, you know, from, from Ad Kings, I just see it blow up. I see the quality, the depth in thought, and, you know, it is it, something that's really attracted me. So when the opportunity arose to, to speak in, you know, with him, I, I just jumped at it. Um, he's also the host of a, of the podcast called Built to scale. It's an e-commerce, you know, podcast. So tune in. I'll link that in the show notes. Um, definitely subscribe. It's worth subscribing to, to his podcast. Um, I think I have um, said what I know, um, but without further ado, I'd like to welcome Darius, um, Darius Kunta to, to the show. Welcome, Darius. Hey, Kun Lee. So first of all, super excited to be here. And, you know, right as you mentioned, you know, uh, I can say the same thing about you. I've seen you many times on Instagram and LinkedIn and, you know, super excited to finally be here. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, that, that is modest. I'll take that from you. Um, I let, uh, should we, let's do an intro, quick intro of, um, you and Ad Kings. Then I would love to go back way back. Yep. So Atkins and me, right? Uh, so we kind of started, me and business partner Justin, we started Atkins, I think, officially two years ago, but we started creating this idea about three years ago. And what Atkins is, is first of all, boutique e-commerce growth agency. And each word here is very deliberately thought after. So first of all, why boutique, right? Because we never want to be working with more than 20 clients at any given time. And we do not want to have crazily huge team, which is more than 35 people at any given time. Mm. And why it is so? Because we believe that to get the best results possible, you really have to personalize your approach to pretty much any business, or at least to be able to compete with in-house teams, etc., you have to really give it all. And when you try to create a huge agency, honestly, you just have to sacrifice that quality at one point or never. And we never really wanted to do it this way. Mm -hmm. And then there's another word, right? Growth. Uh, and personally, never see marketing and just marketing, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Why we call ourselves growth agency? Because we usually do so much more than just typical marketing agency. We usually come in into the business and act more as we're outsourced CMOs usually completely revamping for marketing approach. And we work usually with idea that the Facebook ads is the main acquisition channel, but it usually has such a huge flaw of just low returns and low ROAS. And now, especially with iOS 14 and all the other things coming in, you know, it will get only more wavy. This means sometimes you have amazing days, sometimes you have bad days here, but returns in general isn't that hard. So mm. we kind of faced this issue with a lot of our clients and this is why we name ourselves Growth Agency, because we go so much broader than Facebook. We usually add up other channels. We mm -hmm. add conversion rate optimization to maximize each click value that, you know, of the people you drive from Facebook. We add up, you know, email marketing to retain them. We add up some additional ideas, let's say creating private communities for our clients. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of, I think, the new thing that will be coming in, I would say, next two, three years that every good solid e-commerce business should have their own community there because yeah. it's so much more than just email marketing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I absolutely agree with you. So right now I'm, I'm experimenting with TikTok organic. Um, and I, I can tell you 
but that platform is addictive in terms of like the the time on site um just the amount of time it's just addictive the the number of things you could do the depth you could go with not just the the trends but but audiences the content the fact that's very creative focused and um you know if you focus on dashboards and you know um on growth in 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 essence as you said on mini channel um you you just layer that in as a new channel as you know um as as a shift as attention shift you know from from platform yeah. to platform but um we're going to jump into to all of what you're talking about what i really like is to to understand really briefly um what life was before ad kings I, i'm quite sure you were you were into what were you into Let, let's jump into that <laughs> Um, yeah, that's kind of interesting. I guess, you know, whenever people ask me this question, I always have to go back to my childhood, take mm-hmm. a few steps back. So I think, you know, where I consider my story starting was actually just elementary school, second grade. It was kind of like, I guess, emotional moment for me and a very big shakedown for me emotionally that my father died, actually. And he died from, yeah, from heart issues and some some other problems in general. And it did cause me, I would say, to shut down and basically, you know, pull myself back from the world for at least 10 years. And Mm. you know what usually happens here, at least in Eastern Europe and Russia, when, you know, whereas the kid was maybe a little bit shy, is not growing with father, doesn't know how to stand up for himself. Mm. Yeah, he does start to get bullied. And I would say this was maybe the biggest catalyst in my life. But at the same time, you know, the biggest challenge I had. <laughs> so for mm-hmm. 10 years straight, honestly, I was bullied every day in school and in my life. I was never able to stand up for myself. I literally at few times in my life, you know, I felt, you know, well, what, why should I be living? You know, there's nothing to enjoy. And, you know, thankfully at, I think 11th grade, right? Uh, my world was, I guess, a little bit shaken or it just kind of came to this second point or just big breakthrough I had where, uh, it did evolve a little bit of, you know, like <laughs> girl <laughs> and mm-hmm. I required love, right? So you know how it is mm-hmm. with, with high school, but it kind of reached the point where I just became too scared to be who I am right now versus changing. And mm-hmm. this is what sparked literally everything, my entrepreneurship, my personal development. I literally started to get outside of my comfort zone every day. I was consuming self-improvement content eight to 12 hours a day. Hmm. Uh, I was trying to learn to speak to people because through these 10 years, I got to such a bad place that I didn't almost know how to speak with people. I was stuttering mm-hmm. for years. And I needed to learn to do everything. And, you know, <laughs> even like a few years ago, it, it doesn't need to be, you know, as far as, you know, my childhood. But speaking on the show like this, you know, I would never have imagined that someday I would be speaking here and doing mm-hmm. what I'm doing. And all my world was basically shaken down at that moment. And I started to learn and I started to go through fire and implement things, what I'm reading. I'm super thankful to people, you know, and the books at the day. And I remember reading like four hour work week and it literally changed mm-hmm. everything for me, you know, about the possibilities here. And this what was what inspired me to start my first e-commerce business when I was actually 18. This was eight years ago. Mm. And it's a very fun thing, you know, back in the days, like dropshipping wasn't even a thing. Nobody was talking about it. Nobody Mm. was almost, you know, like even Shopify was just starting. Mm. (laughs) Facebook ads, Mm. you know, I think we were in the market only for like eight or nine months when I started, you know, to work with them. So I literally started to 
right at the start of of world trend. And I started my first e-commerce business at 18. And I remember, you know, not knowing anything how to code. And I would spend, you know, days learning to do it. I would create a WooCommerce store because Shopify wasn't an option back in the days. I learned how to market. I learned how to design, take images, etc. And what I did, because, you know, such a concept as dropshipping wasn't even there. I would pack things from China, get them here, and then, you know, sell them to the people. And in the first two hours of launching my own store here in Lithuania, uh, I got a sale. And I remember, you know, how stoked I was as a kid where, you know, uh, yeah, I got like 30 euros. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, you know, and it, it was, I think, the sweetest money that I ever made. Mm. And this is kind of what started everything. And, you know, mm-hmm. afterwards I had made a lot of mistakes. Uh, I grew that business actually, you know, to become uh, the biggest business in its own category here in Lithuania relatively mm-hmm. quickly due to the fact that nobody was using Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I burned it. Uh, I burned it because I was honestly like a stupid kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was 18 back then, you know, I was, I just caught like a shiny thing syndrome and started to pursue a personal brand, you know, to create uh, it, it wasn't kind of a personal brand, but it was more about a jewelry that has a branding, custom products, etc. Because I thought, hey, what if China or AliExpress will come into Lithuania? I will lose everything I have, right? So this is why mm-hmm. I decided to create like custom jewelry. But when I figured out, you know, that, hey, I still do not have enough money, you know, to sustain the operations. Because the custom products, they take a lead time. And you usually sell out your products in a month and you need to wait three, four months to get, you know, the new order in. Then mm-hmm. you need to sell out these products because you simply do not have enough money to buy enough stock mm-hmm. or just hit like minimal order quantities here. And yeah, I uh, learned like a lot of tough mistakes back in the days. <laughs> yeah, there's so much to take away from from there. You know, I'm sorry to hear about, you know, your loss at such a very, very, very tender, tender, tender age. So you must have been like, you know, seven, seven, eight, eight years, you know, at the time. Yeah, I think eight or, yeah, yeah, eight. Eight or nine, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then, you know, just you bouncing right back up, you know, and, and then, you know, challenging yourself up until now. So um, the person you are now, um, you're, would you, are you still extroverted or would you say you're, you're introverted as a person? Honestly, I'm an introvert and I think mm-hmm. I was always introvert. I just learned how to be an extrovert through okay. honestly perseverance and just trial and error process. What about your co-founder? Is he an extrovert or an introvert? Um, I would say he's also maybe more towards introverted side, right? Mm. So both of us are introverted. And mm. of course, these things do present their own challenges in growing a business. And we can talk maybe about that if you're interested a little bit later. Mm, mm, mm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So with Ad Kings, um, why do you, when you started three years ago, was it exclusively Facebook ads or um, were you taking this more omni channel view um, with, with clients? Yeah. So when we were just starting, it was literally just Facebook ads because when we were starting, you know, two years ago, Everybody was saying that, you know, Facebook ads was already at bad position, right? But reality mm-hmm. is we were getting like huge successes. And I remember maybe like three or four months in just starting to work, we hit like our first big success and scaled the business from making about 20, 30K a month to all the way to almost 200K per month mm-hmm. in literally like two months working together. 
So yeah, it was like our first big like victory there. And now of course the proportions of them thankfully have grown quite a bit. Uh, but we started with just Facebook ads and then we started to complicate it, you know, because we never wanted to be, you know, just another agency, just another people. We were always, you know, the challengers. And this is what, what type of like qualities I created to myself or, you know, learned to pursue. When I was going through all the challenges in my life from my childhood, just basically go where there is your discomfort zone. Look mm-hmm. for a challenge, look, you know, for the toughest route and just go through it. And for us at that time, it was actually, you know, taking broader approach. You know, how do we actually grow a business? How do we actually ensure we are profitable? Not just do marketing to them. Mm. Was mm. such a, you know, paradigm shift for us, I guess. So how many, how many clients, what kind of business did you initially scale, um, you know, from, from, with, 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 the, with how, what, what kind yeah, of business yeah. was it? Um, it was in beauty niche, uh, and we are working to them till this day. Uh, it was just kind of, I guess, shows, you know, relationship we have built with them. And yeah, we were, I think we didn't even have many employees back in the days. We were, we were like three founders and three or four extra employees that mainly worked in support. Mm-hmm. So it was like relatively small business. We were like selling mainly through Amazon, a little bit on the store. But then we were able to completely, you know, revamp our kind of approach and actually make a store as their primary sales channel. Okay. So today, if like I was a, you know, I was, I was, I was an e-commerce business, um, how would I work? What would working with AdKings look like? Now, the, the reason I'm asking is, um, I want to get an understanding of what like omni channel, you know, um, you know, your, your omni channel approach will look like. Um, would you yeah. be looking at, at my P and L, for instance? Would you, um, you know, want to kind of understand my cash conversion cycles? Um, at, at what level? What depth? You know, you, you talked yeah. about being an outsourced CMO. Um, I, I really like to to get into to, to to what it looks like. You know, working working with with yourselves. Yeah, so I would say, first of all, you know, we usually like to know pretty much everything or as much as possible of the business. This means, you know, all the behind the scenes numbers. Mm-hmm. And I know some people are uncomfortable in sharing them. So we usually, you know, still take at least the most important ones, you know, like what you mentioned, like lead times, you know, profit margins, uh, shipping costs, you know, fixed costs that we're having. We might not necessarily need us to tell, you know, hey, this is what you are spending for this employee or this employee, mm-hmm. but we need to know their fixed costs. Because mm-hmm. what we can do then is we can do predictions and we can do calculations at what scale and what ROAS they will be getting what type of profit and calculate it literally, you know, to the cent. And this is what, you know, I think drives a lot of our omni-channel differentiating factor that we are able to combine different channels and synchronize mm-hmm. them towards one metric, which is store level ROAS. We don't care, you know, how Facebook ads is performing. We do not care how like AdWords is performing. Yeah. All we care is what type of ROAS is in the store, which means, you know, one amount of sales out of the ad spend we are having. Yeah. And then, you know, how many, basically how much money people put in their pockets. This is, you know, the main KPI for us. Exactly. And usually how we work, right, is we kind of already developed this formula and literally tested with many different clients. So the first step is usually we do a five weeks trial 
working just with Facebook ads. It means if a client comes to us, you know, we usually do have this kind of like onboarding procedure where we do huge wetting for a client, you know, we figure out his background, history, you know, his experience in e-commerce, just to figure out if we are the right fit as a partners to him. And whatever, you know, we're having the same understanding about the market. Because there are so many people that are expecting that they'll come to us and we'll make them millionaires overnight. And reality is not how the businesses are built or made. And sometimes it's not even the best, even if you can do it. Because there's a sustainability issue. So we usually measure, you know, what type of business owner there is. Then we do five weeks trial working with just Facebook ads. And the goal here is, first of all, for us to figure out, you know, how the client is actually communicating because it's a partnership. If we are investing time, we want to make sure, you know, our party is receptive. We are investing their own time and, you know, we're basically really wanting to see their business to grow and what type of relationship in general, you know, whether we are even clicking. When we usually offer at the same time, you know, low cost way for them to check, you know, how we would be working with us and how we would feel, what's the process, etc. And third, we usually test out scalability of Facebook ads. So mm-hmm. usually with these five weeks, we can tell, you know, how scalable the account is, get a glimpse into the business and tell them, you know, what the, basically the action steps will need to be done to get them to the next level. And mm-hmm. this is usually where exactly the omnichannel strategy comes into play. Because we are starting to see, you know, hey, Facebook ads are not scalable that much because we are seeing cross drop like, you know, 15% whenever we try to bump off the ad spend budget by 50%, right? Mm. And then based on these equations and data, we are able to predict things moving along Mm. and set up these charts and see, you know, exact draws at certain points and Mm. say, okay, what if the ROS on Facebook ads drops to 1.2 or 1.4, but we make it up with emails, right? Mm. And we suddenly see, you know, that instead of like, you know, losing like 40K a month, suddenly clients make 60K. Mm. So in regards to like the blended ROAR, so the, the marketing efficiency ratio, um, what's a, a good number across the board? Um, how much, um, you know, um, what kind of ROAS do you expect um, to, 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 to see to, to, to know, okay, um, this is actually scalable? Yeah. So first of all, you know, I have to tell you, you know, about differences between Facebook ads, ROAS and, you know, store level. So in a lot of cases, Facebook ads, ROAS, especially now are getting lower and it's quite usual to see, especially if it's a little bit more scaled, ROAS anywhere between 1.5 to 3. In majority mm-hmm. of cases, it's actually about 2 for mm-hmm. majority of the businesses on Facebook ads side. That is if you're spending some money there. Um, but the good thing is that on the store level side, you can see ROAS anywhere from 2.5 to f- uh, 5. Yeah. Right. While you're getting ROAS 1.5 on Facebook. So it's more about, you know, how you blend it and how mm-hmm. you retain the customers. And exactly, so, you know, treat the Facebook ad as a physician channel, you know, where mm-hmm. you acquire a lot of eyes, attention, etc. When mm-hmm. you funnel these people into your landing page funnel, you get your email, you actually, you know, make, first of all, a little bit of a sales, but you also get your emails. For emails, you usually sell them, you know, whatever that's a new customer welcome flow, you know, person might yeah. be buying in 14 days. Yeah. Or maybe you acquired this customer and you are upselling him another product or via emails after like two or three months. So you have to take all these touch points into consideration when creating yeah. the strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does Google come into the mix in, in any way? 
Google oh, ads. yeah. So AdWords and YouTube ads is a big per part, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what you're seeing with Google, especially, you know, the more you spend on ads on Facebook, the more people actually Google for brand and Google for similar keywords. Yeah. It's very important to have a Google ad set up there. And whenever we are scaling apps on Facebook site, we are seeing that it's very easy to scale up AdWords side. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it, there's a huge correlation. Mm-hmm. Similar thing with YouTube ads, right? I never recommend, and you know, in the past, I we did experiment a lot with YouTube ads as an acquisition channel for mm-hmm. e-commerce brands specifically. But what we figured out, that it works only for about one in 20 brands. So what I usually recommend, and literally, you know, if you can take anything from this podcast, go into YouTube ads and stop remarketing. It's so easy to get Ross anywhere between 8 to 20 where that it's, you know, <laughs> even a kid could do. You What you do is literally set up 180-day website visitors audience and run a video ad, you know, just, you know, talking about your brand. That's all you need. And it's such an easy way to bump up your store level Ross and just quite easy win. That's gold. Let's end the the the, the, the conversation now. That's cool. Yeah. That's amazing. That's an amazing, amazing tip. Um, literally an hour before I called you, I I purchased a pair of shoes from a retargeted Google ad um, on display while searching for something. Well, on a website completely different. You know why? Because um, I got a, they gave me a discount. You know, it was like a it was a yeah. retargeting with. With the with the discount, a twenty percent discount, I just couldn't, you know, ignore yep. <laughs> being a chip skaters, couldn't they? Okay, it gets right. to all of us exactly. So, so next thing I really want to, I really want to go deep into Facebook ads now, and then um, we can talk about all the other, you know, platforms. So, in regards to to, to Facebook, um, where where's the most important aspect of managing a Facebook account? Um, from account structure through to creatives, is there even a most important, um, how do you weigh, um, you know, the certain aspects of, of um, you know, running a Facebook ad um, effectively account? So maybe we're all like a two parts to it. So first of all, you know, about what's happening in the Facebook ad manager itself. And we can talk mm-hmm. about creatives and, you know, structures, but reality I would say, especially structures these days are getting way simpler. For artificial intelligence, targeting, you basically don't need to do much work there to succeed. Big part comes into the creatives, right? And the creatives really needs to hit your target audience, understand their pain points. And there are literally, you know, formulas and pretty much everybody knows, you know, like the most simple formula where you have a hook, you have, you know, a few USBs mentioning, you know, how the product solves that pain point that you created. Mm-hmm. Then you have a customer testimonials and you have call to action. This is the basic formula, right? Mm-hmm. But it works. And the ads are another very important thing. But what I feel often people miss out on is what happens outside of a Facebook. And we are coming back to Omnichannel again. What do you do on the website? What type of offer you run? For example, there's a huge difference if you run, you know, hey, buy, you know, for a certain amount of dollars, right? And get 33% off, right? Versus, you know, buy two, get one free. Did you know that on often we are seeing about 20 to 30% increase in conversion rates whenever we are running the specific offer of buy two plus get one free Mm. instead of just using, you know, a simple discount? Mm. 
small thing, right? But you know, mm-hmm. imagine what 20 to 30% bump on conversion rates, AOV, whatever, due to Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. So exactly, the biggest wins right now are outside of the Facebook. And usually in the funnel, merchandising, strategy, positioning, offers, bundles, and this is rule another layer that we are usually working with clients on. Mm. And I actually, you know, even, uh, I guess I'll just plug in quickly my own uh, Build a Scale e-commerce show. So I recently did there uh, an episode about exotic funnels and how we are affecting the Facebook ads these days. And what mm. I mean by exotic funnels, for example, we were working with one of the brands that were selling biohacking supplements in general money, and they are one of the biggest brands here. But the problem is with Facebook ads, you know, if you drive people directly into the product, they would get ROS of about 1.6 maximum 1.8, which is not very huge, especially in Germany alone. So what we did, right, uh, first of all, we created the tutorials, and this was one of the funnels we were testing. And tutorials are basically pages where you drive people in and you kind of present them this opportunity to learn more about the product via article or, you know, some sort of educational content before we get directed into the product. Mm-hmm. So what? Uh, about 30% increase in ROAS just from that. But we took even it a step further because we figured out, okay, if people get educated more about the product, they're buying more, how we can give them more education and maybe even extend, the, extend so to say, the path and the time frame we're taking education in. So what we did, we actually created a course for biohackers how to boost up their immune system. Literally, okay. course. Okay. And we sold them for either for free or for $1, right? We would get people in and it would be literally like a seven days course for email marketing where every email. day would be sending them like 10, 15 minute video about something and pitching the product, you know, somewhere in the video mentioning, you know, how this product boost, helps to boost up immunity system from the side, you know, this helps to provide viruses, etc. Mm-hmm. And the ROS actually went up, up to four. Hmm. So That's yeah, incredible. It's all, yeah, it's all about, you know, how you look at it. And I actually covered this in, in our own, that, uh, Build Scale Commerce show. And just in case somebody wants to check On the podcast, it, you know, we'll, we'll look for it. Yeah. We'll link to it in the show notes. That's yeah, incredible. Exactly. And, and, and that just shows you, you know, the importance of education, you know, cause they're hooked now. You've hooked them. They're, they're, they're into your funnel. You're building trust, likability. And yeah, the, the, the results are amazing. So, did did it have a call to action in every single email or um, did it have a call to action in the final email? It actually had in every single email, right? Nice. Because how it would be, there would be a video, right? And actually one of the founders would be talking in the video, telling stories, mm. you know, presenting the science, how it works, comparing the mm. products. And he would say, you know, click the button there, there's like a 10% discount if mm. you're interested to buy it. It doesn't need to be salesy, right? Mm. What you need to do is to give value to people. Mm. As with everything, right? As with everything. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what you're talking about initially about like, you know, um, get ensuring that you need the trial period to ensure that the, 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 the founder or whoever you're working with is receptive enough to work yeah. with you. So they, if you tell them to create content for a video course like you did, they do it and then you test. And, you know, um, whatever the results are, they're always happy to, 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 you know, to, to act on, on your advice. That makes exactly. it incredible sense. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Let's take a quick break to talk about screwing up. Accidents happen. Perhaps you installed an app that messed up your theme or a CSV import completely messed up your product catalog. Common myth. 
cloud-based e-commerce platforms like Shopify and BigCommerce have automatic backup solutions you can use when something goes wrong with your store. This is simply untrue. They don't. Myth busted. So what do you do? You use Rewind. Rewind will protect Shopify and BigCommerce stores with automatic backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Rewind is trusted by over 25,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest retail brands you can think of. Gymshark, Movement Watches, and Pampers all use Rewind for automatic backups. So here's the deal for 2Xs. If you head over to rewind.io, which is R-E-W-I-N-D.io, install Rewind, you'll get to use it for free for seven days. If you reach out to the Rewind team and mention the 2X e-commerce podcast, then extend your seven-day trial for a full month for free. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind backups. Remember to head over to rewind.io and don't forget to mention the 2X e-commerce podcast for a full month trial. Have you noticed that no matter how amazing a product might be, you can always tell when it's being sold on Shopify? So many merchants use the same themes, layouts, and photography, making it easy to spot a Shopify store from a mile away. If you're going to build a fast-growing brand, then that should include using your website to continue that storytelling and give customers an experience that stands out. That's why Famous exists. Famous enables brands on Shopify to easily build beautiful landing pages and product pages that include custom video, animation, and more. All pages built on Famous are optimized for storytelling and selling on desktop and mobile. You can try it for free at famous.co forward slash 2x. That is famous.co forward slash 2x. And, and, and I like what, um, what, what I, I like this concept. Um, there's, there's a chap on, on Facebook that said this. I can't quite remember who it was, but a few weeks ago he posted it was like on Twitter. Sorry, it was like your creatives will win the clicks, um, but your website will win the sale, and that just circles in with with what you just said, which is you know a lot of the action goes on on the website, and a lot of missed opportunities. And you talked about you know the the two for one offer versus you know just a, a baseline. 10% off, you know, which, which makes a lot of sense. Now, circling back into Facebook, you know, into the Facebook ad account structure, you talk about simplicity. Um, do, do you mind just breaking down the, the optimal Facebook account structure? I know this is a lot about simplicity, but um, how would you set up, say, for a beauty brand um, that's looking to, to scale um, where do you put most of your attention to using the the 80-20 rule, you know, in, in the setup of an account? Look, so first of all, you know, I guess everybody knows about called acquisition campaigns, you know, retargeting and mm-hmm. what, however you call it, tough, moth, boff, etc. So basically, let's start about called acquisition campaigns and we usually just call call them called so the trick here is not to have too many campaigns because this is one of the things I'm seeing right now. A lot of people like, still like to spread their budget too thinly and not give people, uh, Facebook enough budget to optimize based on the data we are getting in the campaign or asset level. 
So we, what we usually do is we have a, at maximum, I would say four or five campaigns in the called acquisition that are based on CBO, first of all. And usually each of these campaigns have five audiences in them. So two of them are usually localized between five to 10%, whatever, you know, what we tested is working. Two of them are interest with expanded interest option. And one of them is no targeting audience. Mm-hmm. This means audience with maybe just gender and age gap, et cetera, little nothing else more to it. And why we are doing it this way, right? So basically we have a spoiled part of the audience, which means lookalikes, very targeted. So, you know, if Facebook deems that it needs to transfer some budget to more targeted audiences, it can do this way. If it deems that, you know, this day of a performance is very good in broad, it can push it to the broad audiences. And it's very interesting. We have tested broad audiences separately and we tested lookalikes separately in separate campaigns, you know, without combining them together. So once you combine them, something magical happens and we're seeing like, even if it's small, I think it's about 8 to 12%, you know, what we tested across like, I think, 8 or 9 accounts. This was our finding, 8 to 12% improvement once you try to combine them together. Yeah. And then we use CBO to basically attribute to a budget and we usually use four to five ads into each of these ad sets. And this is kind of how our called stacks looks like. Okay. And maybe for the people, especially looking to scale up harder, one of the best tricks and advices they can give is it's creative diversity. And often, you know, people consu- basically are getting misaligned on creative diversity. What you need to be doing is not, so to say, creating hundreds or thousands of creatives and literally rotating them in your assets every day. But what you need to be having is one campaign running one called creatives, another campaign running another creative stack, third campaign running third creative stack. Mm-hmm. This is how you scale up harder and faster, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you do not burn out your audience that fast. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. need to do, instead of, you know, just thinking about it as a one linear work, you need to think it about three or four lines of work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree with you. And you could, you could also look at it from a product, you know, so like if you're like multi-product, you know, you, you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. just focus yeah. it on, on, on that. It's like a multi-product or via angles. However, exactly, exactly, exactly. That's incredible, incredible tip there. Um, And and so, from do you use like dynamic creative ads, or um, do you just write the ads, write the ads out manually? Um, so essentially in the past, we were using dynamic ads much more. Uh, mm-hmm. Now we are using them in testing when we need to test a lot of variables at the same time. Mm-hmm. Because what we are finding, it usually doesn't allocate to a budget evenly enough for us to make really accurate decisions. Mm-hmm. And we usually like right now to test, you know, what we do first. If it's like a fresh account, we usually test with dynamic because mm-hmm. we do not have any data about what's working. But once we figure out like the uh, text headlines, et cetera, what are working, we usually just test with them, you know, one creative and one variable at a time. Mm-hmm. And we are just getting much more accurate data this way. Mm, makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. What about, um, so a lot of people, so, so I, I like to sort of liken bidding like teenage sex where everybody talks about it, but no one's actually doing it. Um, <laughs> what's your approach to bidding? A lot of, Believe you me, a lot. I've seen a lot of accounts, and most are just automatic. Um, but what what are what what are your thoughts on on you know bidding? Is it necessary? Um, and what is working from your point of view? 
Um, so bidding, right? I think it will be a very controversial question. And mm-hmm. I often feel what happens in digital marketing, especially uh, Aria, that everybody's just looking for that next big hack to mm-hmm. hack the system, hack the Facebook, you know, just to get that a little small edge. That reality never happens, but people assume it happens because it's kind of you, you just convinced that, you know, this campaign is getting better results than another one. And reality is like custom biddings are a viable strategy, but usually in one way or another, you're still sacrificing something. So for example, you have a cost cap, right? The problem with cost cap is yes, you can get like a cheaper sales. But when you scale, you know, you will not be able to scale it up because it will stop spending at one moment or another. So at at the same point, you know, hey, if you were just running normal automatic bidding, etc., you would be able to scale it up and, you know, get more sales. So it's it's kind of a dead debate, you know, that everybody, I think, has their own opinion. But the most important thing is do not overcomplicate things with Facebook ads. And this is what I learned for the last year. The more you focus on what I mentioned, you know, perfecting the funnel offer omnichannel experience instead of, you know, trying to hack the system or create a crazy way, you know, to <laughs> capitalize on things. And yeah. we did that in the past a lot. Believe me, yeah. it's it kind of, you have to go through that phase. Yeah. But, you know, with some maturity and time, you do understand that you're just doing nothing there, just wasting time. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, let, let's go back to the funnel. So you shared a funnel with me, which was incredible. It was for the... Um, uh, Called the, the, the Yeah, it was the top of funnel where they came in, email capture, and then they, they entered a course. It was either free or $1 course. And then they got to a seven-day email course with videos and um, call to actions. And that converted, you know, that increased, um, you know, ROAS by to four four x um, do you have any other funnels? Let's say I'm a cosmetic brand, for instance. Um, how would you build out? So we're stepping out of the Facebook world and yeah, looking yeah. at it from a stack, from a from a marketing channel stack level. How would you design a funnel for like a for for a somewhat organically well known e-commerce brand? So let's say you're an influencer. You already have like two hundred and fifty thousand followers or so. And um, you've launched your own makeup brand, for instance. Um, how would you? And they come to you to to to, to help, you know, um, do the marketing. What would you do? How would you stack up, um, you know, the the marketing to create a funnel that's you know that's delivering four to five x ROAS consistently? Cool. Yeah. So four to five x. First of all, <laughs> uh, blend like to be honest four to, with people. Four to five yeah, X blended, even blend that, yeah. you know it doesn't always happen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in beauty niche, because beauty niche is a lot more competitive, you're usually seeing a little bit lower ROAS, but mm-hmm. you could be expecting anywhere to 2.5 to 3.5 on the store with like some okay. decent scale. So the first thing, you know, what I would be looking at is how we can create the bundles. Because when you can boost up the AOV that basically the people are buying for, it's very easy to, you know, spend maybe the same amount of dollars or just a little bit more on Facebook, but get better returns. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is, you know, hey, if I'm selling, you know, some sort of like skincare product, how can I bundle up and add two other products? And then, you know, figure out how to present it. Do I want to present it that, hey, you know, we buy it for what I mentioned, you know, these three products for 33% off? Or do they buy these two products and get additional product as a gift for free? And these are the things that you need to play around and test them out. And the reality is only about five out of a hundred tests will work here. But these five will be what can completely change your business trajectory. 
So that's the base one. And in case you do not have enough products to bundle up and, you know, create this huge bundle, you quantity upsells. So for example, you're working with one brand, but is kind of has like one product, which is eyeliner. And, you know, normally, once again, like eyeliner costs, what, $15? a cheap product, right? No way we would be able to make any money from Facebook if we wouldn't be selling bundles with eyeliners. <laughs> and what we did is we actually introduced the same concept. You can buy one eyeliner or close to that, there's an option to buy two eyeliners plus get one free. And now suddenly 80% of people buy that second option. So suddenly, you know, we went from 15 to $30. Yeah. Double the AOV, so much easier to break through. So that's kind of on the front end. Another thing, if you are selling products already over $70 COV, I would say it's very mandatory, especially in beauty niche, to test advertorials. And as I mentioned before, advertorials are kind of like a newspaper-ish websites or websites that has a goal to educate people about a product, about, you know, how it's beneficial to the people before they even go to the product. So, for example, even recently, we applied similar principle to one of our clients in Australia. Uh, we were a skincare brand, and I think we were spending about 2K a day. So, you know, not very low, but nothing amazing. Mm -hmm. And we were just getting this cap, you know, Ross was about you on Facebook and, and we just we were wasn't able to break through basically. So what we started to do is we started to create these advertorials and just created one story-based advertorial, which literally tells the story of one of our clients about how we tried all the products out there and how we were disappointed about them and how we came to this product and how it changed our life. And then, you know, putting in some science behind, putting in testimonials and call to action. Mm -hmm. And suddenly, you know, we were able to spend not 2K per day consistently, but 4K at the mm -hmm. same ROS. And this mm -hmm. is what I mean, like small change. And But once you find the one that is winning, you just completely change the business trajectory. Mm -hmm. Makes, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, so again, it, it seems most of the work, most of the focus is, is on site. It's, it's on, on actually what people influencing exactly what people are doing on site. You, the traffic is the traffic. You do the targeting properly, but what are people doing on site and, you know, how can you change their behaviors to more align with your goals? That's what I'm, I'm picking up from, from this. Yeah, I think there is like an overlap. Keep in mind, because whenever you're running a specific offer on the site, it converts better on Facebook end. Mm -hmm. And you have to keep in mind, you know, that at a higher level, you usually want to even have like a free landing pages or four landing pages. They're completely different from each other because each of these landing pages will be able to target different segments of your audience. So, for example, part of the audience might already know that we need an eyeliner just because we need an eyeliner. Another part of the audience might need an eyeliner because it's maybe waterproof or sweatproof eyeliner. Mm. You know, maybe they're imagining going in rain or something. Another part of the audience might resonate the best with what, uh, eyeliner, which is literally beach proof. You know, you just kind of put it the same thing, waterproofness into the beach proofness prism. Yeah. And suddenly you're able to relate with people who want to travel, who want to go outside in the summer, maybe not necessarily, you know, to, to stay at home or, you know, in the autumn weather, which resonates more with waterproof message. Yeah. Yeah. Makes, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of the things you talked about was, um, you know, spending 100K a day on an ad campaign. I know you, you, you mentioned it. What, what did it look like? And what was the, how, how, how consistently did, did you spend the 100K a day? 
And um, how did you sort of, where, where did you allocate the monies to and how did you sort of measure and make decisions off the back of that at that high, um, you know, frequency at that level? Yeah, so it's actually very interesting. So especially with this client, we were stuck at about 30K per day ad spend for, I think, half a year, right? And literally we mm-hmm. tried many different ways, restructuring accounts, changing creatives, mm-hmm. changing offers, and literally, you know, everything that we come up with. And nothing was able to kind of create this breakthrough for them. But then we kind of decided, you know, to implement more different tracking methods. And this is where we are getting into the data science. And basically all that I can tell you is that Facebook attribution system is super flawed, especially if you're using multi-step journeys. So what we did, we got Rockerbox and you can explore them. They are actually extremely expensive software. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are some cheaper alternatives, let's say Hyros or, or uh, Wicked Reports. But basically uh, Rockerbox costs about 30K a year year. But what we do, we aggregate the data from different clicks, different acquisition channels, and show you the real data, how people interact with your brand. And for example, you know, hey, we have seen your brand click through a Facebook ad. We click like free ads on AdWords. We clicked one ad on YouTube and they, you know, Googled you or something. And Mm -hmm. we bought like three months later. Mm -hmm. With Facebook ads, you wouldn't be able to see that data. Mm-hmm. But with this attribution software, you are. So what we did and what brought the most impact with this client was that we simply disregarded what Facebook reporting is saying. And we started to completely optimize on the data we were acquiring from these more advanced analytics softwares. Mm-hmm. And at first, it was a bit scary because, you know, <laughs> uh, basically there was huge discrepancy versus Facebook campaigns and what we were seeing there. And the Facebook was saying that these campaigns, like part of the campaigns were doing good. Mm-hmm. But when we would go to look in Rockerbox about them, we would actually figure out that, hey, it's actually... That's really true. These campaigns that the Facebook is reporting is doing good, they are not doing good mm-hmm. in omnichannel journey. And vice versa, the campaigns that are not performing on Facebook, they are actually crushing it on omnichannel. Mm. And we were able to swap with spend and start spending based on Rockerbox. And what we have seen is actually Ross, first of all, increased by, I think, 7 to 9%, something like this. And we were able to scale up from 30K to 100K. <laughs> so mm. not only we were almost like, you know, free xing the scale, but at the same time, we were able to improve the raw situation. So were you able to, to drill down with Rockerbox at, to the campaign and ad sets and ad level in Facebook, or did it stop at Facebook as a channel? Yeah, we were able to look at the campaigns and ad sets level, but not okay. the ads at that time. Okay, which 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 is fine, which is perfectly yeah, yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. Um, so, if you can't quite afford Rockerbox, what what's the next best, um, you know, um, attribution platform you you will recommend? So, yeah, talking about iOS fourteen. So, right now we are literally moving all of our clients and some other softwares just to explore and test them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, one of the most popular one, the one that we're choosing right now, is Hyros. And it's mm-hmm. Hyros.com if you're interested to check it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're much more affordable. We cost about a thousand per month. So, you know, it's, it's a few times cheaper yeah. compared to that. I still can't tell exactly how it works compared to Rockerbox. This is the test we'll be executing in the upcoming two, three months. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for now, I for sure know Rockerbox. In Omnichannel case, it does work significantly better than typical Facebook reporting. And I'm expecting it to work even better if iOS 14 is coming up and, you know, all this mess will start to happen. 
Mm-hmm. And then there's also in in the whole mix of all this, we we have that gap of word of mouth. Um, you know, just like as you're recommending these platforms to us, Hyrus or, or, or Rocketbox, um, and someone was to type it directly into Google or search for it, no one would ever be able to attribute. And say, say they purchase in two weeks' time or whenever they listen to this podcast, no one would ever be able to attribute it to the podcast. So, so, so I also think like in marketing, um, there's some like intangible channels, um, which usually is word of mouth that, yeah. that just immeasurable. Um, the only way you could sort of measure them is, is brand name search, you know, on Google, because people just type it directly to, to you know, on, on Google. <laughs> yeah. I call the thing, basically I create a concept of shadow funnel. Mm. It's basically a real funnel that a customers are taking. Imagine, mm. you know, you are seeing with Facebook ads, maybe Hotjar system, you know, just to get a little bit more perspective. Person comes mm. into your website, right? And then, you know, he spends for 10 minutes and then he makes a purchase. It might be that out of his 10 minutes free, he spends, you know, scrolling through your website. Mm-hmm. And then you see him just pausing, not doing anything here. What often happens, and actually I think in 70 to 80% of the cases, before buying a product, people go and Google it. Google the reviews about it, go into YouTube. And this is the real customer journey mm-hmm. that you see no, in no analytical software. <laughs> Maybe you are calling their friend and asking for mm-hmm. opinion, review. And it's important to think about it even broader, right? Mm-hmm. How you can get positive reviews on YouTube, right? How you can get, you know, some publicity on the first page mm-hmm. on Google searches. All these things do matter, and we have seen huge shifts in conversion rate based on that. Yeah, and experts. Experts matter a ton, mate. Um, two things matter. Experts matter, and, you know, this is not for everybody. A physical presence matters. Not all the time, yeah. but physical presence matters. So if, if I drive past a store every day, you know, and I'm, you know, and finally I, I decide, okay, I need a product that that store sells, you know, I, I, they will come top of mind quite naturally. Now, not, I agree. Not everybody can, um, you know, can do that, but experts matter. I'll give you an example. We're, we're trying to redecorate our house now. The, you know, we're, we're like talking about like paints and stuff. I've searched, you know, YouTube, blah, blah, blah. And, um, one, we I whittled it down to one brand. This brand has a high street, you know, presence and, in, 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 you know, and yeah. you can trust them. You have consultants and all of that. But I got a quote, a very, very, very detailed quote from a decorator. She was, hers was the best quote ever. And she rubbished that brand and suggested an alternative brand. And I'm most likely going to go with the alternative because she, you know, she just rubbished that brand and said, no, this is actually better. They're not as big, but they actually put more effort into it. And just hearing that people are hearing this conversation right now, you and I, and, and people are listening to you, to your recommendations and they're searching and researching. So I think that expert thing, which is intangible, you know, we call it influencer marketing, but I really think that just having people, having those conversations, sending your, your products for free, um, you know, to people to, to, to experience and enjoy and just talk about it. Exactly. Um, just matters. Matters a ton. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's the shadow funnel. Yeah, the shadow <laughs> funnel, the shadow funnel. We're going to, we're going to talk about, if you have any, you know, <laughs> links to it, I, I will link to it in the show notes. Um, before we jump into the iOS, um, you know, this iOS thing, um, I, I did want to talk really briefly about, 
conversion rate optimization. So you talked about having three pillars in your omni-channel, you know, um, approach to marketing. The first was obviously, um, you know, performance marketing. Um, the, the second was, um, retention email. So you don't leak, you know, so whatever you're doing from performance does not just go away. You're able to have that conversation, you know, through own marketing channels. And then you also talked about conversion rate optimization. I know you've touched upon two things in regards to um, conversion rate optimization, which is like bundling and, um, you know, just the presentation of offers. And you also talked about um, the, the advertorial page. <clears throat> what other CRO tips do you think, or are you seeing, you know, vast majority, 80% and 90% of e-commerce stores missing that when they change, um, you know, it, it bumps up conversions? Yeah. So maybe I would actually not talk about specific tips. Uh, I actually covered quite a bit of them in podcast, but what they want to say mm. would be much more valuable is, how you can actually approach the thinking. So if let's say you're making 50K per month plus, mm -hmm. you must be doing Serio. And this is what you're doing with every single client of ours because what would happen a year later, right? Facebook prices are going up every single month, every single quarter, every year. And in a way, you know, imagine that you are the only one who's not doing zero out of your competitors. A year later, you know, instead of making maybe $1.5 per customer, they're making 2.5. And this is a very reasonable number to hit in a year. Mm. We had cases where we went from like $2.5 per customer all the way to almost like $7 per customer in a year and a half working together with a brand. So imagine this, you know, you are not doing this and your competitors are doing this. Mm. So in a year, you will have to decrease your ad spend, right? Because the CPMs will go up, link click prices will go up, mm -hmm. right? And it will be harder for you to be profitable, but your competitors will continue climbing. Not only we will beat the market average, which is literally CPM, right? Mm -hmm. And the link clicks you're getting on pay channels, but will go up over that. So instead of you scaling for maybe spending 1K per day, right? You will maybe have to go down to $700 per day ad spend. Mm -hmm. While your competitors will go from the same level 1K per day all the way to 2 or 3K per day. Mm -hmm. This means doubling or tripling for business. Mm -hmm. And this is the most important thing to understand about Serio, that it's not an option these days. It's literally mandatory if you want to get an edge and, you know, stay competitive in the market. So incredible, incredible advice there. Incredible. Let's talk about iOS. Um, let's wrap this up with, with iOS. Um, with third, let, let's, let's forget iOS. Yeah. Third party cookies, third party data. Um, it's going to be duplicated over the next two, three years. Um, as marketers, some of us are nervous, others are super excited. Um, I would love to know your thoughts and, um, your, what you're doing to prepare your customers, um, for, for the change, the, the, the impending change. Look, so first of all, I guess I will have very unpopular opinion about this question. I know everybody's scared. Everybody is, you know, um, preparing for rewards. And I know some people who are actually even, you know, merging for businesses with another agencies or something just to prepare just in case everything crashes, which I think is a little bit extreme maybe these days. But where I think the real answer lies is that we will be housed for at least six months once it rolls out, because it will be a new thing for everybody. Everybody will need to adapt and adjust. But I think we're, you know, it will be survival fit situation. Mm -hmm. And once again, you know, the Facebook system and all of our marketing systems out there are controlled on auction based. 
This means the more people are spending money, the more expensive it is. Mm -hmm. And after some time, if people are not making money, they'll start spending less on it. And this will still come to equilibrium, some sort of. It will just have to take three or six months for everything to equalize once again and come to a point where maybe we figure out certain answers, maybe we figure out, you know, a way to approach it, or maybe the market just equalizes itself. So that's my opinion about iOS and about preparations, right? So as I mentioned, like we are moving majority of our clients into Hyros just to be able to see a full picture and still be able to optimize things based on that. So, so attribution is where, where it's at, at at the moment. How do you think the attribution platforms themselves are prepared for what is about to, to happen? Because, you know, essentially, if you're not a Shopify, if you're not a platform, if you're not server side, um, really the, the cookies, the tracking you've put in place, is it really going to work? And, you know, the, when, there's no technology, you know, episode, but like, are, are the attribution platforms themselves, you know, um, prepared for what's, what's, what's ahead of them? Or all of us. Yeah, so especially I was doing my own research here because you can never really trust somebody else. Mm -hmm. I was actually talking with some of these founders, either like higher-ups or or even founders itself. And honestly, what was interesting that majority of them are even saying that what we're like iOS 14 doing right now will not affect them. Because what we are doing is we're often working through offline conversions or tracking conversions in their own website or system, which is not directly tied in and doesn't require like... uh, confirmation from ios side how it will go in next two three years i don't know Mm. Uh, because we know that google is preparing another big shift here and in general like i would say the marketing world is changing yeah but we just have to keep in mind that we need to stay calm Mm. and look for opportunities when other people are scared exactly stock markets Mm -hmm. very 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 similar um it's a very emotional thing i'm very active with um I'm I'm a long-term investor in the stock market, but I'm um, a medium. I'm not only I'm a day trader with crypto, but but I'm medium. So so I take positions for days, and I just yeah. see mac, market panics. You know when prices drop, and that's opportunity. It's <laughs> yeah. like oh, it's cheap. This this this, this token is cheap. You know, and, and you're right. Yeah. You're right. Just staying calm in 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 all of this madness. And um, you've given me an idea. I'm going to reach out to to um, to these attribution platforms so we can get you know um, them on mm. on the show. But it, it is really. Yeah, you're right. It's also very much website oriented. We'll, we'll see how everything plays out. Um, final, final, final question before I, before I let you go. Um, it's, it's coming to, to more than an hour, I think. Um, but, um, it, it's just your, what are your predictions on, on e-commerce? So this past year has been phenomenal. Um, also in the midst of, you know, a, a lot of, you know, issues, you know, with regards to the pandemic. Um, but, just moving forward as we, you know, as the vaccines roll out and we return to, to, to a new normal, um, what, what, what do you, what, what are your, your predictions around, um, you know, e-commerce and, and, and the direction it's, it's headed? So honestly, I'm expecting like next two worlds for U.S. market, especially to be very volatile, because as we know, like economic situation there is not that good. I can't tell for sure will there be recession or not. But if it happens here, it will be big. And, you know, then I'm expecting pretty much majority of our clients to be affected because we're selling in U.S. markets. And we are already making some strategical moves to relocate at least part of our businesses into the European markets. Mm. 
because Europe will be significantly more stable. Mm. And even now, you know, if you do it properly in Europe, you could be making at least majority of the same cash you would be making in US. You just need different approach compared to US. You mm-hmm. need more localized approach, more established, more like localized support and ads, etc. Makes sense. Makes sense. I forgot the name of the D2C watch brand. They're actually based in Lithuania, but um, they have an it's Philippe Loretti, Philippe Loretti right. you know, yeah, and, and yeah, they're, yeah. they're global. <laughs> they're global, you yeah. know, um, and they're, they're not, they're one of many, of many, many, many. It's just the, there's a lot of, there are more conversations about e-commerce going on <laughs> in America, in the American yeah. D2C space, quotes and unquote. I digress. Um, interested, <laughs> interested, interested. Okay. Wait, it's it's been it's been amazing having you on the show. So for those people who just, you know, stick in here, they that have loved this conversation, where do you hang out the most? Where do you drop your value? Where are you most active on and and how can they follow you in your work? Yeah. So first of all, I guess if you just want to check out what you are doing with Atkins Agency, so just go to www.atkins.agency. Or if you just want to hear more from me, you know, just I think the best way is just the podcast. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm www.btsshow.com. Or you can just find me on LinkedIn. I'm actually getting more and more active here, as Kun Lee mentioned. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, just, I, I never asked you over the, over our conversation, but um, how how does your agency actually work? Um, do you is it fixed? Is it rev share? Is it um, equity? What what does um, working with your agency look like with with, with Ad Kings? Yeah, so the trial period that I mentioned before, you mm-hmm. know, it's usually about four and a half thousand for this trial period. Mm-hmm. And here we are like not making any money. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, it's about figuring if both sides are happy and, you know, what is the potential. And then, you know, after this trial period, we usually set up like a custom deal with everybody mm-hmm. and we charge a fix plus revenue share. And at one point we were working only on just, you know, revenue share and success fees, etc. But then I figured out that, you know, no real self-respecting agency will work only on performance based. It's so easy to get scammed. Yeah. We had a client, for example, who just, you know, inflate their costs on their own side or something, you know, and it's just not a good thing. This is why we created like a fixed fee. Yeah. Fixed fee that, you know, would basically filter out all the people that that are not serious about the business, that do not understand investment thing, and you know maybe are not even ready to commit for it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm moving very much because I don't run an agency. I'm I'm you know I'm an advisor, so I'm I'm moving more and more towards as I get older, of course, um, towards equity um, as as a as a person, you know. And um, it's usually like early stage that I just spot opportunities. But you know, Ad Kings just agency is a place to be um, to to. To, to, to check to, to take Darius out I would link to to his to social media you know um in 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 the show notes Darius it's been an absolute pleasure um you over you 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 you, you didn't just meet my expectations you superseded my expectations in this one so thank you so much um thank you for giving value um and yeah um, yeah best of luck thank you so much yes yeah so thank you for having me Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. 
Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.